0: With my shame and and, and the, 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 the hiding, I didn't want people to know that I was an alcoholic because the stigma of that right now in society is, it's not a good thing.
1: At the end of two seasons of Grieving Out Loud, this is an exciting podcast for me because through Emily's Hope, the charity that I started in the name of my daughter, Emily, who died of fentanyl poisoning in 2018, We have been able to help 44 people get treatment scholarships. That's 20 women, 24 men, ages 19 to 58. One of them was Jeremy, who is 45 years old. He has a wife and two children, but he had been hiding his addiction to alcohol for more than 20
0: years. I I was uh, probably somewhere around 23 years old when I, when I think my addiction started 22, 23 somewhere in there and uh, really I, I was just addicted to alcohol and, and it didn't start as an addiction and I don't think any addiction really starts that way.
1: Did it creep up on you?
0: It, it you know, over the course of a decade or more probably I, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it did, did kind of creep up.
1: So it starts gradually and at what point like when, when did you start to think hey, this is maybe out of control?
0: You know, it was, you might get varying opinions from, from my wife, but um, I, I would say it probably started somewhere when I lost my dad. Um, my dad died of, of uh, cirrhosis of the liver, which is you know, brought on by excessive drinking. So dad was an addict as well. Um, he was an alcoholic. And, and, uh, and I think that was, that was part of where, um, when my addiction started turning for the worse. And I like to use that as a turning point but I'm willing to bet it was probably before then. Um, frankly, I, I just can't remember. Uh, I, I think once that happened, because my dad was my hero, and and he he is he still is my hero, um, you know, and he's been gone almost ten years now. Um, and uh, I think that's when it really started getting worse. Um, I didn't have the the rock in my life to go to, and, and I grew up in a great home. My parents were wonderful people. I got a grew up on, a, on, a, on an Air Force base in upstate New York and had a, a just a great childhood, um, you know, and, and it, was, it was something where I never thought that I would be that way, that I would be, you know, in, in the throes. I never drank in high school when I was a teenager, never drank until I was of legal age. Um, and then, yeah, did it creep up on me to, to get to your point? I, 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 I don't know, but probably. I mean, now that you bring it, that's a good way to put it. Um, but when Dad when Dad died, I, I, I found myself drinking more, um, and then other things in life. You know, you start having these. You know, life hits you. Job changes and moves, and you know, um, you know, uh, children come into the p- picture, and yeah, um, towards towards the the latter parts of, of my addiction before I got help, I think it was, I would use it more for. Um, to numb myself, I'd use it to go to sleep at night. I'd use it to, um, I'd use it to to, to escape, um, and you know, and not deal with the problems or, or just life around me that I, I didn't understand, um, and, and and or or didn't appre- didn't like. Um, I, I didn't like certain aspects of my life, and I would use alcohol to numb that or get away from it.
1: Did you hide it?
0: Absolutely, I did, as best I could. Um, a lot of people look at me and, and they, they were shocked when I came out and said I, was, I, was an, an, I had an addiction to, to alcohol. They didn't know. They, they, uh, I, I hid it very well, and, and over the course of my, my drinking span of, of 20 years that my addiction developed, um, I became very good at hiding it. Uh, I, I was, I was a, a functioning alcoholic.
1: Is there shame surrounding it?
0: Ab- absolutely. I, I know i caused pain in my house and, and within my my family i know there are things that um that i'm going to work the rest of my life to repair and bring back with with my my family um we'll figure out how that goes as we go but yeah is there shame certainly could i have done things different and made you know been a, a, at a better point in my life than i am now if i hadn't been addicted yes
1: one of the things that stops so many people from getting the help they need is the shame associated with addiction in our culture, and that certainly was true for Jeremy.
0: I didn't understand addiction when, when I was in the throes of my drinking. Um, I, I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know how to get help. Um, it was scary to change. Um, I think anybody can, can appreciate that change is scary, even if it's change for the good sometimes. And I was terrified to go get help because I don't like to ask for help. I'm a pretty proud, proud guy, and I like to think I can handle things myself. Um, and that shame builds when you when you have that kind of thinking. And what I didn't understand was what addiction really is, and and what it can cause when um, when you don't address it as soon as you understand it. Um, and maybe that's the wrong choice of words, but uh, I, I think with my shame and, and, and the, 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 the hiding, I didn't want people to know that I was an alcoholic because the stigma of that right now in society is it's not a good thing um, because it does cause pain. Like, I cause problems with my family.
1: So what prompted you to get help?
0: So it was a... Saturday morning, I had had some work, late night work the night before. And, uh, Saturday morning, I had woken up from about four hours of sleep. And typically what I would do in a case like that, because it was a Saturday is, um, I just go have a few drinks to, to, to kind of get myself right for the day. Um, make sure I'm not, uh, cause it, I wasn't working that day. I never drank when I worked, but, um, you know, when, uh, when, when that would happen, uh, I had something to happen that day. And, uh, just a little light versus picking up the, the bottle. I, I, I picked up the phone and I made a phone call to uh, a, a, a place to, to, to get help. Called a toll free number, and there's a bunch of them out there. The one I chose happened to be through my employer. But, um, and I spoke with a young lady on the phone. She took some information. And then um, the following Monday, uh, I started the process. Was, were you scared? It's terrified. My whole world was about to change because alcohol was my life. And it's something that shouldn't have been. But when you start taking that piece of it out, you start realizing I'm going to have to live and deal with things and start doing some things that I didn't like to do before, but now I know I kind of have to. It's kind of like growing up.
1: Jeremy is actually a network engineer and helped install the computer system in the addiction center where he would eventually seek treatment.
0: For, for the addiction center that I went to, um, I was an IT guy for, for that particular facility. And, and I did. I, I put in the computer network uh, at that facility when it was being built. Um, and it's funny because, you know, when I was working with one of the other engineers, I would joke, hey, maybe one day we'll end up in here. Lo and behold, that was the facility I went to three months after I had said those words. That was scary because it wasn't, it was real at that point that when I was getting help, I was getting help and it was going to be potentially public. Now, there are a lot of laws and a lot of statutes and things that prevent that information from getting out, but things have a way. And I know this. We live in an information age, and I work in that information age, and I understand how information can get out. So, yeah, it was, it was terrifying going to that Did facility. Do
1: you that planted a seed, though, when you were working in the facility, that maybe planted something in your mind, like, I could do this, I've seen it, I've been
0: in it? You know, when I was there doing my work, it was before the facility had ever opened. I hadn't seen the facility when it was opened. When the, uh, when the counselor that I had spoken with mentioned that I needed to look at an inpatient facility versus going to an outpatient facility, I said, no, I can't upset my life like that.
1: Often one of the biggest obstacles to getting the treatment that people need is the money that it costs, and that's where the Emily's Hope Treatment Scholarships come in.
0: When you talk about an addiction that was as long-term as mine, alcohol is not cheap. And as much alcohol as I was drinking at the time crushed my finances and put me in debt. And when I sought help, I didn't think I could afford it it was a deterrent and there are down payments that need to happen when you go into a facility like this and I, I don't know that I had the cash on hand to provide that down payment talk about a, a, a windfall um, I wasn't sure how I was going to do it Emily's Hope took that away that, you took away the, the hardest thing for me to go in there and actually get to where I was going i was still scared probably made me even more scared because now i had to do it i had to follow through and it was one of the best decisions i ever made but emily's hope is the reason i was able to face that fear and overcome that fear
1: but it so it took away that barrier for you it would have been an excuse like i don't have that money
0: well absolutely i mean you know and 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 think about it you know it it you look at a, a car in the car business, for example. And somebody goes and buys a car, or goes to try and buy a car, and maybe they've had some bumps in the road in their life, and they can't afford it. And they have, they go to try and finance it, and, they, and, and, and the salesman comes back and he says, "Well, in order to finance it, the bank's going to need two thousand dollars up front to do it." Most people don't have two thousand dollars on on hand to go out and 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 do anything for that matter, and write a check for two thousand dollars. And that person walks away from that car dealership dejected absolutely just depressed because they couldn't buy this car they got excited about. Same concept here. You know, I start seeking out this recovery thing, and now I'm saying that I can go to a facility that is just top-notch, high-class, ready to handle things, but I can't afford it? I don't have the money to put down to, to handle it, to go there and seek that help and get that help? I think that's going to make a, a, a person in addiction even worse. That's going to put them further into their addiction. You know, Get somebody's hopes up and then take the rug out from under their feet. Emily's Hope takes care of that. And, and that's a void that, they, that, that not a lot of organizations fill from what I understand. And when I say void, I, that's, a, that's probably the word. That is a void that is huge. And guess what? Emily's Hope has helped a lot of people be included I'm grateful and I forever will be I got my life back um, it's different and in some cases it's not quite the life I was hoping for because it's still real it's still life you know a lot of people want to go through and just magically get
1: better exactly
0: right you know and but that's what I was hoping for that's what I wanted well, who, are, who is Jeremy sober in recovery Jeremy sober is much more thoughtful I am. I'm a lot more attentive. I'm a better person. I've talked to and rekindled relationships with old friends that I haven't talked to in 25 years, and I was scared to because I wasn't proud or wasn't happy with myself. And those conversations are huge. Um, and those those that rekindling of, of friendships. Um, I'm a better person. I, I take care of things around the house I do the dishes I take care of my, my home I look at my, my bills more attentively um, I, I change the oil in my car more, more often and on time I mean I, I, I am not hiding into a bottle because I missed something and that's huge yeah. that's huge and what
1: does it mean for your relationship with your kids, your wife, your family
0: I did a lot of damage there when i was drinking i did a lot of neglect because instead of facing and talking through things i'd go hide in a room and drink what i'm finding now is that i have a lot of time to make up for and i'm very gingerly stepping through that to give them time to understand and see what i'm going to be like sober because i'm definitely a different person now um my thoughts aren't quite as jumbled anymore. You, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting. Because I did such a great job of helping hide my addiction, um, my kids didn't talk about it either that I thought. But they did with their friends and things like that. They, they knew. Yeah, they did know. Kids are smart. My kids especially. But um, But frankly, I wish it wasn't that way. I'm a better father all around just because I'm there. I'm there. I'm not hiding in a room drinking when I should be there talking to him or asking him about his day and how it's gone. I don't think there's anything more important. That's as much as i got to say about that. That is, there isn't anything more important than, than taking care of my family. I am there for my son Anytime he needs me. Just yesterday morning, he needed a ride to school. Typically, his mom would have handled that. I didn't even think twice. I hopped in the car and took care of him. It's something that I wouldn't have done. I want to get to know him better. I don't feel I know my kids, either of my sons. I never talked to him. I was so caught up in my own depression and my own drinking and my own addiction that I don't understand my kids at times. Um, it's it's getting better, but we have a long way to go, and that's on me, one hundred percent. That's on me. But we've started that process. You know, we're we're getting there. We're talking more, and it's something that I can now make sure he takes his medicine. I can make sure he, you know, eats his dinner. I, I, I can do things like um, look at his homework, help him with his homework. I can do things like sit in on a on a conference, a, a teacher conference. No,
1: well, before you were always someplace else, really. I mean, you were there. Even
0: if I was there, sitting there, I was still someplace else. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely correct. I was elsewhere when I was drinking, and that was most of the time when I wasn't working. I think people need to understand that a lot. There is a lot more to addiction than people think. The stigma or the, the the perception is my is one of my favorite words of addiction is wrong. People think it is a horrible person and that people can't come back from when they're in that that place you know it's it's not like uh, a disease where you can um, take a pill or go through a a regiment of chemo for example and then potentially take care of that It, it is something that is not understood Emily's hope help me get the help I needed but because of that I was able to learn about addiction and what it is about why the brain does what it does with addiction I did say why but just reasons that uh, that people can't really explain sometimes um, but how to cope with those things and how to teach people how to live with their addictions I think Emily's hope is, is uh, on the right track educating people about what addiction really is Whether your addiction is is to drugs or alcohol or anything else for that matter, because you can be addicted to anything, you need to understand how to cope with that if you suffer from this disease like I do. And to have help when it's needed, it's, it's hard to express how grateful somebody who's received that help can really be, meaning me.
1: I asked Jeremy why he was willing to share his story. He told me it did take some time, but he knew that he had to do it.
0: You know, at first when I went to the addiction center, I wasn't. I was I was hiding, and I think I alluded to that earlier. Um, I, I didn't want to talk about it. I was shameful. I was I was I was scared. I didn't want anybody to know because again, I had hidden it for so long. When I was at the addiction center, one of my coworkers did come in to the addiction center to do some work, just like they would, just like I would had I been not there, and. Uh, and the first time that happened, because it happened twice, first time it happened, I went and hid in the counselor's office because I didn't want to be found out. Next week it happened, and I was a lot more comfortable. I'd gone through some of the more classes that the Addiction Center provides, some of the groups they provide, and the education they had provided. And I was more confident because I understood the disease better. And at that point, when they were, when they were there the second time, I went and said hello while I was there, to tell them, hey, this is where I've been for the last three weeks. And then when I got home, I was more comfortable with what my addiction was, what it is, what I suffer from, because I understood it, education. I I was more in control of what I understood about addiction. And that's when I put a Facebook post out to the world saying, hey, guess what? This is where I was the last month and here's where I'm going. Well, I'm the perfect example of that. I hid it for how long? If we hide this addiction, if we hide behind our addictions, we're never going to get help, and we're going to continue to hurt people we love. And I think once we take the fear away from addiction, we can do that. And if somebody sees my story, if somebody sees me, And and realizes that, hey, that was a normal guy that was there, and he came out and and, and laid himself bare, saying, This is what I am right now, and this is what I'm working with. I'm hoping that that can give hope to other people that are on the fence, or know they need help, or may not even realize they need help, but say, Hey, maybe I do have a problem. At least ask the question, get the process started. Um, And that's where. I'm hoping that other people can follow in my footsteps and conquer that fear and get the help they need. It's not easy, but it's worth it.
1: We here at Emily's Hope are so proud of Jeremy, and we hope to bring you future stories of people who have received help through our organization.